Welcome to Flock Talk, a podcast of GCF North. Flock Talk exists to inform, encourage, and inspire. This is your host, Dave Farley, lead pastor at GCF North. This is season one, episode eight, and I'm joined today by my esteemed colleagues, Terry Meyer, Brian Dixon, and John couldn't make it today. Unfortunately, he's probably helping a cat out of a tree or something. Yes. Oh. Wow, I mean, he's super godly. He's a he's a good man. And he and, is, yeah. and and before this podcast began, um, Terry basically said, "Why haven't I been been on Flock Talk yet?" And nobody invited me on Flock Talk. <laughs> I mean, I think he's kind of bitter, but here he is. I, I'm okay now. Now that I'm here, I I, I feel part of the gang. <laughs> All right, so so today uh, we are going to talk about the subject uh, books that shaped me. Um. Because I, I want I want the people of GCF to know um, how our thoughts and minds have been formed. Um, true confession: I I have not always been a reader. So I the only thing I read in grade school and high school and junior high was Tennis Magazine, mm. and I think I read Sign of the Beaver. Oh, and, everybody read yeah, that, and maybe Hatchet. Hatchet, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, but that was it. Like I I did not read anything. You're not alone. Was that was that were you guys readers growing up? I, you know, I was a reader. Uh, why, why, wow. why, why am I not yeah. surprised? My, <laughs> my mom had a library uh, next to my bedroom, and uh, so I would go hint, in hint. there and grab books. Yeah. But not all of them were good books. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just fiction. Well, just a a lot of different. Like a, I remember reading A Wrinkle in Time oh, yeah. years and years ago. Not a great book. Mm. But uh, so I I read and she had like, a lot like of it, like it needs vid angel kind of book. Or? Uh, no, not like that. But okay. just a lot of <laughs> new age ideas. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, but she did have a lot of C.S. Lewis mm. in there. So mm. kind of an eclectic group of books for her. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't really discover reading until I was in college, um, and something awakened in me. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just maturity or. What it was, but my my freshman year in college, I I read my first theology book, uh, and it really it kind of awakened in me a, a passion for the things of God and theology. Um, so so reading has been a, a hugely significant part of my spiritual growth. Um, books books are incredibly important. Uh, I, I think it's important to set reading goals. Do you guys have reading goals for the year? I do. And what are your what are your goals, Terry? Well, I I read at night before bed, okay, and that's kind of my pleasure reading, mm. and uh, and I always try to have a book in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, um, so I, I guess that's my goal is to always be reading, mm. always be working on a book. Um, so and and now I'm kind of into the apologetics, so I'm doing a lot of reading for, um you know, small groups, discipleship groups. And so they're all centered around that mm-hmm. pretty much. Brian, any reading goals? Yeah, for a while I had goals, uh, you know, just reading books for pleasure. I've never been a reader. Like, you know, you talked about that. That's always been a struggle for me. I, I read a lot of comic books, a lot of graphic novels. That counts. Just, There's words. There's words. Yes, <laughs> true. So, By the way, I have in a, that case. <laughs> I, I have I have this amazing three volume um, comic book Bible. 
yeah. And oh. each volume is like 800 pages. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it tells yeah. every single story cool. in great, gory detail. Really? It's fantastic. With pictures? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's published by, um, it's called like the Kingstone Bible. You can get cool. it on Amazon. That's the Bible for Brian Dixon. Yes, oh. it is. <laughs> Yep, so that's graphic what, that's what novel. I use typically. How do they handle like Jezebel and uh Oh, they give all the details. Really? I'm gonna have to pick myself up. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> right now I'm working through volume one with my two younger boys in the evenings. Yeah. Nice. Um so so probably ten years ago, um a friend of mine, Troy Evans, who you guys know, mm-hmm. he said, Dave, let's let's read fifty two books this next year. Yeah. I was like, Whatever, Troy, that's impossible. Um, but we, we, we said, okay, let's, let's do it. And so we tried and I think I was maybe 49 or 50 that first year, but ever since then, Troy and I have had the goal every year of reading 52 plus books a year, which seems like a lot, but it's really not. Um, especially if you count audiobooks, which I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I there's, there's gotta be, a <laughs> I, count, I count audiobooks. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and actually my wife this year, her goal is a hundred books and she is crushing it. Wow. Really? So right now, year to date, she's at like 50. Oh, man. And I, I think I'm at like 31 or 30. Um, and and, and I, we don't read all the time. So, mm-hmm. but if you if you can just grab 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Yeah. Incremental. Yeah. Put on your headphones while you're, while you're brushing your teeth, working out. Uh, when you're driving, do audiobooks. Um, and you can get through a lot of books. Hmm. Um, and so... And every year I write down all the books that I read because I forget the books that I read. So I, 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 there is, I think, a lot of value in setting goals for reading. Yeah. yeah. And a book a week is is not crazy. I, I know folks that read 300 books a year, so I feel like I'm lazy. Wow. Um, but there's a way to do it if you just plod away at it, just mm-hmm. slowly plodding through books um, is the best way to do that. Okay, so with all that context in mind... Um, yeah. Let's let's talk about the books that have shaped us, um, and and these are not ne- necessarily my favorite books or the most important books I've read, but for whatever reason, in God's providence, He He brought along books into my life at just the right time uh, to really form me, shape me, and direct me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the first one I want to mention, then I'll ask you guys for your your first book. Um, and this this sounds maybe kind of strange, but again, I was not a reader growing up. Mm-hmm. And my freshman year of college, uh, my dad gave me a book by Martin Lloyd-Jones called Joy Unspeakable on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I devoured that book. And it was so encouraging for me to think about the role of the Spirit in my life, how he gives gifts, um, how he assures us of salvation, how he convicts of sin. Hmm. Um, and that was kind of my first real theology book. And I thought, that was really edifying. Yeah, That was an enjoyable experience. So that kind of put me on a trajectory of, of reading theological books, nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry, what was, the, what was the first book that really shaped or influenced you? Probably, going back to my mother's library, there were, and she did have a lot of C.S. Lewis, and I don't know, we, I, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but she had mere Christianity. And, uh, and that was one that I think... Um, opened my eyes to, in being raised Catholic, that there's more to faith in Christ. There's more to who God is than the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And that really gave me an interest in, okay, who is God and who am I 
in relation to him. And then coupling that with the Chronicles of Narnia, mm. I think that uh, it created an, an affection for God in my heart. Like, and I still remember the, uh, you know, a wardrobe. And I wish I, as a young man, I must have been 12 or 13 years old at that point. And really, like, boy, I wish there was a wardrobe. I wish there was a place that I could go mm-hmm. to meet with God. And I understood who, because of the Chronicles of Narnia, how they're laid out, who Aslan was. Um, and I wanted to be... I guess my faith at that point in time was kind of pinned to this person or Aslan. And I understood it was Christ, but it gave me a desire to know him. Mm. And uh, in that, during that time, I was, uh, uh, the Billy Graham crusade came to town. Uh, the power team. I don't know if you remember the power oh, yeah. team. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> the Brian Dixon band opened for the power really? team. Really? Oh, my They did goodness. not open for us. No. We opened for the wow. power team, All right. and it was it, that was the right order because yeah. they were way better than us. That <laughs> was so cool. I remember being at Northwest Christian in kindergarten, yeah, and the power team showed up. Oh yeah, yeah. And I remember sitting in the gym at, at the old campus, and and one of the guys was he was going to blow up a hot water bottle. Oh yeah, and cause it to explode. Yeah, and I sat there terrified, thinking. This hot water bottle is going to hit me in the face. Oh, I'm going to like lose an eye, or yeah. and I was just mortified with fear. Yeah. Oh man! So when you mentioned power team, I have like PTSD shakes. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember they said that like sometimes if you blow it up wrong, like it'll it'll reverse and explode your lungs. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I actually kind of wanted to see yeah. that. <laughs> so, but I, I think that that was a season of time that the Lord was using especially C.S. Lewis in, in my life to draw me close to himself. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that, that was probably the most formative book early on. For Brian, me. how about you? Early on? Like I said, I was not a big reader. That wasn't pushed, especially at growing up, you know, from, from my parents. So I started reading, you know, late teens, early 20s is when I started actually kind of getting into reading, and even that, you know. But the book that I remember reading and just feeling really kind of like, wow, this is amazing, was John Piper's book, Don't Waste Your Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember reading that, and just and that really opened my eyes to like, there is a, like a, a depth to God that can change you that I am just not aware of, you know? Mm-hmm. So that book kind of is... Like similarly, what you said, Dave, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to oh, there's a lot to learn here, mm. and 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 got me more interested in that, learning more about yeah. learning mm. more about God. Um, I I've read a lot of Piper's books, and I think that's his probably his best book because yeah. it's so accessible for yes. people. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I just read that with my discipleship group, my my younger guys, and um, it's such a great book. Um, well, let's let's move on. So, um, as, as I'm thinking about my books chronologically, and when I was a junior, a senior in college, just thinking about like what do I do with my life? I was a history major at Wazoo with an insurance minor, hmm. which means you're really good at saying, "Do you want fries with that?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, you want to you want to upsize that order? <laughs> so, so uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
uh, was kind of thinking about ministry, but really wanted to try my hand uh, in the marketplace. But then I read a book that I can see on my bookshelf right over there uh, called Church History in Plain Language by Bruce Shelley. Mm-hmm. And that book blew my mind. Uh, it, w- it was so well written. Uh, and it really gave me a passion for church history. I thought, I want to I teach this at the college level. And so a seed was planted in me to go to seminary. But I, I still wasn't sure I wanted to go to seminary. But I, I thought, I, boy, if, if money wasn't an option, I would love to go to seminary, study church history, and then teach church history at the seminary level because of that book. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to work for State Farm Insurance for a year, uh, and then I went to seminary later. But a lot of the seeds were planted by reading that book. Um, and I'll mention one more book in, in my college years. Uh, also, when I was a senior, um, I, I had some Catholic friends, and somehow I got a hold of R.C. Sproul's book, Faith Alone, which I think every Christian must read. And that book lays out the doctrine of justification, mm-hmm. um, historically, biblically, theologically. And even though I've been a Christian at that point for six years, I, I didn't fully understand grace or justification. Mm. And when I read that book, uh, my mind just exploded as I thought about uh, double imputation and mm. the fact that justification is a legal declaration. It's by it's through faith alone. I remember reading that book and 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 crying. I was mm. so thrilled by the good news, yeah. mm. and it really motivated me to share my faith with others because I thought this is such good news. People need to hear about this. So those two books, um, God really used when I was late in college to help me think about ministry and uh, career paths. Yeah. Terry, how about, how about books next for you? High school, college, any books that were really shaping? Yeah. Um, probably Andrew Murray's With, With Christ in the School of Prayer was, as a, as a high schooler, in, in being introduced to the gospel through the, the Young Life ministry and, and ultimately ended up into... Uh, Calvary Chapel. I think that was one that I, I I don't know if it if it pushed me into ministry. I mean, it, in one sense, it it did, um, in that I was always always had groups of of high school students that I'd meet with and disciple. Um, but that was one that made me understand that um, any any change in anybody's life really uh, a, a means for that change is, is prayer, pleading with God for the people that I'm working with. Mm. I, I remember starting a young life club at, at Gonzaga prep in Spokane and the, in the, the leader and I read, she was a counselor there and the reader and I re- read with Christ in the school of prayer and committed to praying that the ministry would, you know, would uh, be fruitful long beyond our time there, and and by God's grace, it it was there. There's really always been a young life leader at Gonzaga Prep, but I th- I think that was a, a commitment to praying for God to work in the lives of of the kids that we're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of a hallmark of everything that I did in in regard to ministry. Mm-hmm. That God is going to be the one who change. We, you know, He's the one who builds a house. We labor in vain unless he's at work. Mm. Brian? Yeah, a book that comes to mind, this is, uh, you know, uh, early 20s, so I'm a youth pastor, uh, Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Great book. 
especially at that time, again, like I'm in my early 20s, I'm kind of leading teens, right? And that book, I think, did a good job of capturing the awe of God, like actually being in awe of God. And and if that's from that posture, hmm. like how, how do we respond to him, what he's done? That I just remember that being really impactful, not just to me, but watching my youth group and the kids in my youth group as we kind of went through that book, kind of used that as a guide for um, a sermon series, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, just was really impactful. A lot of kids really just um, impacted by that as well. Uh, just I think at that time needed needed mm-hmm. just to kind of kind of recapture that that awe of God, mm. you know. Um, yeah, I think that was a, yeah. Yeah, that, that book is, I love how it's really simple. Yep. Short, yeah. profound. I mean, you just kind of described me. <laughs> simple. I wasn't, short, saying, I wasn't saying simplistic. Profound. <laughs> but really, really good books are simple. Yeah. yeah. A lot of R.C. Sproul's books are very simple, but very profound. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so moving on, um, when I was in seminary, I, I read a ton of books for class, theology, history, biblical studies, apologetics. Uh, a lot of the books were pretty dry, important books, but dry books. And, and I went to a Presbyterian seminary. I went into seminary as a convinced Presbyterian paedo-baptist. And I thought to myself, you know, I've never really given the arguments for the Reformed Baptist perspective a fair hearing. I need to do that before I get ordained as a Presbyterian and start baptizing babies. Um, and so I came across a book by a guy named Paul Jewett called Infant Baptism and the Covenant of Grace, hmm. which was such a profound book for me because it really argued from covenant theology that we should baptize believers, not babies. Hmm. It, it, it's somewhat academic, um, but a very, very, very good book. And then at the same time, uh, I discovered Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology, mm. and and that book has probably had the greatest influence on me besides the Bible, um, because it's it's so clear, devotional, well written, and it and it covers all the key doctrines of the Christian faith, mm-hmm. and and I, I think any Christian, despite their maturity, can pick up that book, the the sixteen hundred page version, and read any chapter and understand it and benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book had some really, really good stuff on baptism and also spiritual gifts mm-hmm. that really steered me away from ordination in the Presbyterian Church and, and steered me more in the direction of the Reformed Baptist continuationist mm-hmm. tradition. So God really used those two books to pretty dramatically alter the course of my life. I was heading towards Presbyterian ordination in the PCA, and, and now I'm not a Presbyterian, although I love Presbyterians. Mm-hmm. Everyone should have a Presbyterian friend. Mm. Yeah. If you don't, right. if you don't, I don't have any <laughs> Presbyterian friends. Maybe I do. Yeah, Paul, I Paul, yeah. Paul Proctor. Yeah, Paul, yeah, he's yeah. a friend. You guys are friends. That's true. That's a good point. Okay, so so Terry, any any books uh, like in college, early twenties, that had a, a big shaping influence on you? Wow. Probably. I mean, I'm I'm going to skip ahead. Um, we went to a, a local church in Stacy and I were there for about 25 years and, uh, and then made the switch over to GCF about seven years ago. But, uh, Grudem's systematic theology was, I, that was the first time I had read it. 
Um, and I know we had some, I worked at Northwest Christian, we had some teachers that went to uh, church here, and, and they were all reading that. But at that point in time, it was like really thick. And I was thinking, I don't know if I have the time to read all of that. But I, I, I love his, um, the way he accurately handles the word in each of the, uh, of the doctrines and unpacks them from the word. And I, I don't know if I had ever heard that, um, uh, like a doctrine laid out like that. Mm-hmm. He, and here's the, here's the alternate opinion. So Wayne Grudem for me was, was very, very formative. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially coming to GCF and, and, uh, you know, the previous church we went to, um, the, the sign gifts had ceased. They were cessationists. And, um, and so that's sort of the tradition that I'd grown up, although we went to Calvary Chapel. And, but that, I think, Grudem lay, laying out an argument for the, the spiritual gifts are still, they continue today. Uh, for Stacy and I, um, in how we laid that argument out was, was really formative for us. Just, I mean, even seven eight years ago. Well, and, and that, that book, Systematic Theology, the, the unabridged version, uh, is the all-time greatest selling systematic theology. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason. It's really, really yeah. readable, yeah. Yeah. well-written, clear. Uh, and it comes in three sizes. You've got the varsity, the JV, and the freshman version. Yeah. And I would recommend the varsity version, the longest version. I, I started with JV. Yeah. But then my dog ate the JV <laughs> version, and I... Uh, they're they're I all... The they're all they all serve a purpose, but I think any, again, I think any Christian can pick up the, the varsity version and read it and understand it and benefit from it because yeah. it's so clear and well laid out. Brian, any any books, twenties, um, mid twenties? Yeah, I mean, systematic theology. I'll have to say when I when I started reading that, that was another. Whoa, this is intense. This is but good, like. In a good way. I think the other one that I wanted to share was the essential truths of the Christian faith by R. C. Sproul. Mm. That Great just book. felt so accessible. Like I just felt like I that was a I, I started using that at one point just as a devotional, just kind of all right, this is pretty easy to go through these different sections that he had laid out and learning something new theological that was just like, wow, I'd I had not thought about that before or I have, but I never thought about it like that, you know. So it just challenged me a lot to grow in that way, uh, yeah, as yeah. well. So that's a great text. Um, let's do speed round now. Yep. So um, let me just mention a couple of books that on gospel centrality that really shaped me. So uh, C.J. Mahaney's book, *Living the Cross-Centered Life*, I've read multiple times. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. book on gospel centrality. J.D. Greer's book, *Gospel*, also fantastic. Uh, my dad's book, Outrageous Mercy, uh, is mm. an excellent book on the atonement or the cross. Um, Jerry Bridges' Discipline of Grace, also a fantastic book on the gospel. Mm. And I read it, a whole slew of those books in my 20s and 30s. Um, and, and then um, I went through a, a pretty significant season of, of doubt and questioning in my 30s mm. and was really, really helped by Tim Keller's Reason for God. And then um, the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist by Norm Geisler. And mm-hmm. the book, The Case for the Creator by Lee Strobel. Mm. Yeah. All three of those books really helped me wrestle with some of those big questions about God's existence, the problem of evil, evidence for God's existence. Um, and so those books had a, had a really, really important influence on my life uh, 
in a hard season. Mm. Terry, any, uh, again, speed round, a couple of books you want to list? Well, Tozier is, is one, uh, Keys to the Deeper Life. And I remember being in my 30s and kind of going through the motions. Um, and, uh, and it wasn't the, and he was, in, in this book, Keys to the Deeper Life, he pushes, really pushes and makes an argument for faith in Christ. And it's not the strength of my faith, but it really is the object of my faith, which is, which is Christ. And that set me on a, okay, Lord, I might not feel that I'm uh, close to you, but by faith, I'm trusting that you are really holding on to me. And that book was, was huge for me as a 30-something. Yeah, good. Brian, anything else you want to mention? Yeah, Dane Ortley, Gentle and Lowly. Mm. I think that book in the last few years has been very impactful. Worship Matters, Bob Coughlin. That is, I mean, as a worship leader or anybody just even interested in that, that is a book that just very helpful. Um, Safely Home by Randy Alcorn. It's a fictional mm. book, but what he does really well is um, every couple chapters he gives you this point of view from heaven. So mm-hmm. you have these characters that are uh, one's a Christian, one's coming to faith, and you get this picture of well, what what's going on more in the spiritual realm, and he he treats that very well. Mm-hmm. Does a really good job with that, and it's it's a captivating story. And then one that I book that I read at a time when I just needed some encouragement, and was uh, how to get your life back, um, mm. and that was um, oh boy. Uh, Wild at Heart was the guy that I think it was John oh, Eldridge. John Eldridge. Yeah. Eldridge. Yep. That's the, the author. Hmm. Just a kind of this practical book about how do you, with all the media, our cell phones and all that stuff, how do you ca- carve out meaningful time with the Lord? Yeah. Uh, again, very simple, practical, but uh, it was very helpful. I just felt like I, I grew a lot. Um, he did a good job of stirring my affection for Jesus that I, I would even hmm. want to. <laughs> carve out yeah. time so that was, that was good well so many books we didn't get to um esv study bible nine marks of the healthy church uh anthony hookamo's the bible in the future uh biographies i love good biographies sproul's biography lloyd jones's biography um and again these weren't necessarily my favorite books but they really shaped my thinking over the years so uh, with all that said, let me encourage you to set some reading goals for yourself, uh, find a good book, uh, and read. And the, uh, the Bible makes it very, very clear. The more we know about God, the more capacity we have to love God. And so uh, we, we, we should read because we want to know God more, and knowing God more leads to joy. So that's why reading's been such a huge part of my life, is because it really does lead to more joy. All right, any closing comments, Terry or Brian? Read books. Read books. Reading is uh, leaders or readers. That's what I was always taught, that if you if you want to lead, profound. That was good. I know. Yeah. J- John Wesley said to his young pastoral candidates, read or get out of the ministry. Oh, yeah. Boy. That's just great advice. That is true, though. Well, and it's something you have to be strategic about as well. It's not if you're waiting for life to get easier, um before you really start to read, it's not going to. And I think we, we have a tendency to fill our hours, especially in the evening, with entertainment. Um, and I think you just need to 
back off on the entertainment and um, or equal the amount of entertainment that you're consuming that's good. with reading good books. And that's sort of a rule in our household. That's what we do is, mm-hmm. you know, if we're, we're enjoying a movie together as a family, but reading is a big part of that. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to Flock Talk and Ministry of GCF North. GCF North exists to glorify God through gospel-centered worship, evangelism, discipleship, and community. To learn more, go to our website, gcfnorthspokane.org. Mm-hmm.